0: Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 122. You know how to eat. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey there, welcome back to Changeable. So I felt the need to create an episode to remind everyone to explore this idea that no matter what, with no exceptions, no matter how your life looks, no matter how your eating looks, no matter how your body looks, you naturally, innately know how to eat. Everyone on earth does. Now, I'm going to walk us through this as as a what if scenario, because I don't want to sound preachy. And I don't want you to just take my word for it. I want you to, to feel into this and just just play with it as an idea. You don't have to believe anything I say, but let's try it out and see how it feels. So what if we humans, every one of us, no exceptions, are, are born with this design and this blueprint where a bunch of stuff is kind of programmed in. And when that stuff is programmed in, it can't be taken away. It's always there. The programming, the innate human programming never changes. So we come with things like instincts, right? We, We know if we touch a hot stove, we have an instinct to pull our hand away. That that just seems to be there for humans. we we come knowing when we have to go to the bathroom. We come knowing when we're hungry, when it's time to eat. We come, you know, we startle when we hear a loud noise. There's all kinds of things. we we naturally know how to fall asleep. Now, I'm not saying that these things always go easily and naturally for humans. Obviously, they don't. All of these can have, you know, we can, We can think over the programming, think over kind of our design at times, and we for sure do. So, uh, you know, I'm not saying that it's always feels easy. It certainly does not. But what if it always can be easy? That our, our design and our programming makes it such that it is meant to be easy and that It always can be easy, whether it is or not in a given moment, different story. So all of these things, falling asleep, knowing when we have to go to the bathroom, breathing, pulling your hand away from a hot stove, eating, knowing when you're hungry, being able to choose a food, eat it and move on, are are there by nature for everyone, no exceptions. And when it doesn't feel, when when any of these don't feel easy, what's happened is that rather than letting nature do her job, uh, we our minds come in and try to do the job. And why would a mind come in and try to do this job rather than let it, letting nature do its job? Well, minds have a lot of opinions <laughs> about how things should go. And without going into too much detail around this, I think we can all see times when maybe let's use a different example, not eating, maybe around sleeping, where uh, you go to sleep and you you intend to fall asleep at 11 o'clock so that you can get up at seven and feel great the next day and you lay there and you lay there, and you lay there, or you wake up, and you're laying there some more, and now it's two o'clock, and three o'clock, and four o'clock, and your mind says, this is not okay, and your body says, well, I'm awake, what do you want? We're awake right now, <laughs> it is what it is, and your mind says, can't have this, all of these things are going to happen, I'm going to feel horrible, I'm going to be crabby, I'm going to mess up at work can't have this. And what if I don't sleep tomorrow? And what if I don't sleep the next day? Can't have it. So in an instant, without you even noticing all of this, thinking perhaps your mind decides it's going to, it's going to take charge of this. Now your cute, sweet little bind, it's not really taking charge of anything. It's just creating a whole lot of drama and angst and and resistance and just trying to insert its opinions so when your mind decides oh no, this is how much I need to sleep and this is how much is okay and this is how much isn't well it's the, so what <laughs> like that's just your mind inserting its opinions it doesn't have it doesn't impact anything your body still is what determines whether you sleep or not or I shouldn't say it that way because obviously your mind and body are are one thing in a sense but your ability to fall asleep is is untouched your ability to fall asleep is still beyond you you don't control it you know and again we really try to control it when we take sleeping pills or do certain things right but but it is an innate ability that has not gone anywhere and is not broken it's just that our mind has decided that it can do the job better. And so it comes in and tries to make things go the way that they are, quote unquote, supposed to go. And of course, the same thing happens around eating. And probably more often for more people in more ways, some subtle, some very subtle. I'm guessing that probably most humans at some point, their mind has come in and and overrided what their body says. You know, I mean, I'm sure for everybody it has it sometimes. Like, oh, I can't believe you're hungry. You just ate an hour ago. You shouldn't be hungry now. Or um, you should be hungry now. You haven't eaten all day. Just even little things like that that happen to all humans all the time. Oh, you shouldn't have too much of this, even though you really, really want it. You should have more of this. And you know, so our mind is constantly coming in um, with its with its thoughts, with its opinions, with its agenda, and that's fine. Still, despite our mind's thoughts and opinions, our mind's thoughts and opinions and agenda are just the little chattering teeth off in the corner. You know, they're just they're just a the narrator saying how things should go. Still, you're designed to just eat when you're hungry, make a choice, eat it and move on. It isn't difficult. And that that never ever goes away, no matter how loud and opinionated your narrator gets saying that you're doing it wrong and no more, we're gonna do it this way from now on. <laughs> your, you know, life is still like, uh, I don't know who you think you are, but okay, we'll let you think that you're steering the ship here. But, you know, really you're just here creating a whole lot of angst. So thankfully, all of this, you know, knowing how to eat, being able to sleep, just going to the bathroom when we have to go to the bathroom, uh, jumping out of the way when a car is coming at you, moving your hand off a hot stove and so many other things, too many to name, are just there and, and they're just happening in the background for us. And thankfully, I mean, think about how much Work and energy and effort it would take if we had to actually make those decisions. And you know how much work and energy and effort it takes because many of us are making, (laughs) thinking that we're making those decisions, right? Again, we're in our heads thinking every step of the way through. But I really want us to kind of consider or really like look at and appreciate what a mess that is going to become really quickly. We're going to get so much feedback so quickly when our mind tries to override what's natural and innate. Because I, I think, you know, we have these designs for a reason where we're meant for so much bigger things than to sit around and think about every morsel of food that we put in our body or every minute of sleep we get or don't get. That That is, there's no way that that's what we're here for. And, and I think clearly, again, just see what feels right to you. But I think clearly we aren't because we were designed to not have to think about these things so we can devote our attention and energy and creativity to much nicer, bigger things. So when our mind comes in and tries to run the show and tries to take control of something that's already being done perfectly through us, we feel it. We get very confused things feel very, very hard. We feel like we're, we're swimming against the current. We feel like we're fighting against our nature. We're starving and we're not letting ourselves eat or we're f- stuffed and we're putting more food in or we really, really want a piece of chocolate and we're forcing ourselves to eat kale instead. <laughs> like there's so many ways that this happens and they all hurt. So we will always know always know. When our mind is trying to manage something that is managed by life, it will hurt. And I mean hurt very broadly and loosely. (laughs) It'll be hard. It'll take effort. It'll make us really angry. It'll make us really grumpy, whatever. It's going to hurt. And I think we can flip that and look at it the other way too. When we're suffering in any way, shape, or form, when we're suffering, our mind is is opining our mind is in there saying it should be other than how it is that's what suffering is it's a it's a thought construct that is so much it is just tiny in the big, vast, infinite scheme of of truth and reality. It's this one little thought construct that shows up in this wide open field of infinite space. And we stare at that little thought construct as if that's all there is. And we're missing everything else. And thankfully that hurts a lot because the hurt is there to wake us up to what's happening and to show us that that we are... We are hanging on something that is a tiny fraction of the truth of things, that we're caught up in a thought, an idea, trying to manage something, an opinion, whatever it is, are all all different words for the same thing. We are hanging on that and it's like we have our face pressed up to the window and we are missing the gigantic, enormous, big picture of life all around us because we are so sure that we're right. And we need to do it this way. And that will always, always, always hurt, as it should. I love that um, Mark Twain quote around, um, if we learn to walk and talk the way we learn to read and write, everyone would limp and stutter. (laughs) So think about that. You know, walking and talking, they're just, they're, they're in that camp with eating. They're just in the design. We don't need to think that stuff through. And when we try to think it through, so if we went to walking and talking school, and we do sometimes, but if we, if we, you know, as little babies go to walking and talking school and we tried to rationalize and reason out how you say certain words and how you learn certain objects, how you learn certain things, and it, it would just be a mess it would be a mess. We don't need to do that. It's too much. It's overkill. And it would hurt. It would feel very confusing and complicated and hard. So the example that came up in in Little School of Big Change recently around this was um, thinking about how we cross the street, like look both ways before you cross the street, and how you don't have to think you don't have to like mathematically, logically think that through too much. It's just something like many, many things that you just learn to do. So, you know, when, when we cross the street, when my kids cross the street and we teach them look both ways, it takes a minute. You get a feel for you know, do they have to wait until zero cars are coming? No, they can cross if a car is coming, if it's far enough away and it appears to be going slowly enough, but how in the heck would we teach them that? Think about that. You know, like I don't, they don't know what the speed of a car is. I don't know how to estimate the speed of a car. We aren't doing this, you know, distance time speed kind of equation that you had to do in in sixth grade math class. Like, you just get a feel for it. You just kind of come to know. And and then you just go. You follow your instincts and you go when it looks safe and you wait when you're not so sure. And if we had to figure that out with our heads, it would be a gigantic mess. And we would, be, we would probably never cross the street. You'd be standing there forever confused and with your head about to explode. And that would be showing you, okay, something's not quite right here nothing in life is truly that difficult that complicated when it is and i and again i don't mean you know like organic chemistry i mean that can make your head explode but still for some people it's completely natural it just comes very easily so often we're we're just thinking really 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 hard about things that don't require thought and that's what has this feeling so lost and confused? So, going back to eating, what if, you know, we just are designed to know how to eat and so understandably we get caught up in misunderstanding? So, we, we, again like the sleeping example we don't think that we're eating the right way like there's no way it should be this way or we don't like how our body looks or we we have all kinds of expectations and assumptions and judgments and opinions about the way we eat and what's beneath all of those is this bigger conclusion that you know life doesn't know what it's doing so i'm going to take charge here our mind does it just like in that sleeping example, where our mind says, "Whoa, I'm not getting the sleep I'm supposed to be getting tonight. This isn't right. Something's wrong here." Now our mind is on the case. The exact same thing happens with eating, and probably far more frequently for more people. Anyway, you know, where we we want to make a change, we something doesn't feel quite right, and so we come to not trust ourselves. And again when you look around, when you look at yourself from the thinking that you're looking through, it looks so obvious that you don't trust yourself. Like when I was in a binge eating habit, I mean, I would have said, of course I can't trust myself. Look at me, look at me. I'm either starving or binging for a really, really long time. Like, uh, where's the? how can you say that I could trust myself in that? But here's the thing what we can't trust is not ourselves. What we don't want to trust is our mind trying to manage the whole thing. (laughs) So I found myself in a binge eating habit because somewhere along the way, my mind said, okay, life isn't doing this right. Either life's making you eat too much or not enough or too frequently or whatever, or you're eating for the wrong reasons or what? I don't even remember, who knows. But somewhere along the way, my mind said, we're not leaving this to life. Are you kidding me? We're going to take charge of this. We're going to make it go the way we want it to go. And from that moment forward, little mind was on the case. It was little mind's job to figure out how to eat. Life couldn't hack it. And so, and, 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 it's kind of over all downhill from there. So when, when we say things like, yeah, but look at me, of course, I don't know what to eat. Look at how I'm eating and look at my health and look at my behavior. It's not you that you can't trust. It's that a machine has taken over something that life already has. Life has under control, but a little computer is trying to manage it. That's huge. I hope you hear something in that and sit with it and again, apply it to sleep if that's your issue. apply it to you know health, anything in your health apply it to anything in your life. I mean it's your emotions, your thoughts again, like we say, oh, I shouldn't feel this way for this long. I've passed the. I've passed the acceptable amount of sadness. Now I'm clearly depressed and it's a problem. Well, that's exactly the same as saying, I can't trust myself to eat, so I need to follow someone else's prescription. Or I can't trust myself to sleep, so I need to take this pill so that I can be in control of the whole thing. It's no different. I feel too much anxiety, too much depression, not enough happiness, not enough this or that. When we, when our mind is on the case, it just becomes a mess <laughs> very quickly. and. I get how hard that is at times, you know, again, like you, you have all the evidence in the world to say, well, clearly I've been in panic for, you know, off and on for seven years. So clearly this is too much anxiety. I get that. But at the same time, notice how your mind's opinion about that is what's keeping it going for seven years or however long it is, seven days, seven weeks. Our our mind will have all kinds of opinions about too much, not enough. Supposed to be over by now, should be lasting longer, whatever. But when we set those aside and we just look to life, life tends to even out. So another way of saying that is we do, we do get experience, we see experience that matches our mind's opinions. It's a a very circular thing. It's not that our mind just says, oh no, you're eating too much. We need to put some restrictions on you. It's also that as soon as your mind puts restrictions on you, you want to eat a lot more. It's not that your mind says, oh no, this is too much anxiety or too much depression. This is a problem. And then it is, you know, it's that your mind calls it a problem and then you experience a whole lot more of it because your mind has called it a problem so it goes both ways it's a circular thing and and beneath that circle you still are okay <laughs> regardless of the story beneath that circle of of oh i need to i need to be under control because i eat too much or Um, you know, I'm eating too much because my mind has all this control. Beneath that, your body still knows how to eat. Life still knows how to work through you. Your your body and life still knows how to put you to sleep when it's time. still knows how to let emotion come and go and thought come and go naturally. So nothing is broken. And again, what if, what if nothing is broken no matter how it looks, you just think it is. And when we think it is, and we all do at times, but when we think it is, we cannot help but be up in our heads trying to fix what what looks broken. So let me say this another way just to make sure that makes sense. We will have all the evidence in the world that something's wrong. You know, that we that our our that we don't know how to eat. We'll stick with the eating example. All the evidence in the world. But what if there's another explanation for that? When you say, clearly, look at me, I binge, I go overboard, I've lost touch with my hunger signals, I don't even know when I'm hungry anymore or not. I said the same things. You truly don't feel it when you're hungry at a certain point anymore. That doesn't mean your hunger signals aren't there. It doesn't mean anything's broken. But your experience, which is thought-created, is saying, look, I can't be trusted. I don't know. I can't figure this out. All of that kind of stuff. What if the other explanation is just that everything is working perfectly as it always is. But because you think you don't know, because we're staring at what looks like a problem, our mind has jumped in to try to fix it and control it. And that only and always can make things much, much, much worse. So it kind of leads us into this place of like, oh, okay, well, no matter how horrible things look or feel, no matter how out of control my eating appears to be, and no matter how much it looks like I need someone out there to tell me what to do because my life isn't showing me, what if that's just wrong? What if it just it just looks that way? It does feel that way, that is your experience. But what if that's only your experience? And and what if you just get curious about, huh? Maybe I maybe I actually do have a lot more going on through me and for me than I've been able to see. Cause if I can't if I don't think it's there, I'm not gonna see it. We're blind to what we don't think exists. So so what if again, same same what if question? What if no matter what? You you do know how to eat and it shows up for you in real time, in real time. And it may not look and feel the way that you think it will look and feel. So when I was, um, the way I would have said it at the time is trying to relearn how to eat. I mean, I always knew, but I didn't know that I knew. <laughs> like when I was, I was looking back toward something living me that was just going to walk me through this in real time. It was always about being responsible. Rather than like, I would for sure hear my head tell me what to do. Obviously, still do. But it was like, there's something beyond just a mind- sparking out a plan or a prescription or a mind trying to figure things out. We all know what that feels like when your head is telling you and you'll know often from the feeling of it, first of all, and, and from the language. So when your mind is saying should, shouldn't, what time is it? When your mind cares what time it is, you know, like life doesn't know what time is or so like there's no time involved in eating. There's no time involved in eating. My kids don't care what time it is. They don't look at the clock and say, oh, we're having dinner already at six o'clock. I had a late lunch at three. I shouldn't be hungry yet. Like none of that has ever occurred to them because their mind doesn't take charge of their eating yet. Hopefully it never will, but it certainly doesn't yet. So there's no time. There's, there's just life. Are you hungry? Or are you not hungry? And if you're hungry, what do you want? What sounds good? And and then you make a choice or a choice is made. You you move towards something and you put it in your body and then you're done. You move on. And I don't mean you stop eating. I mean that happens, obviously, but I mean I mean, you're not when your mind wants to reanalyze what you had and what it means and what you're gonna have later, all of that starts to look like just extraneous, irrelevant, just ridiculous conversation. If we really, really consider that life is living you and that this is instinctual, it's like it's like, do you have to go to the bathroom or not? It it honest to God makes just as much sense to think, oh, well, I ate this at noon and now it's three and I kind of want that. And if I have this, I won't want to have that later. It, that that's no different than saying, well, geez, I just you know, peed at eight o'clock. Why do I have to pee again at nine? <laughs> like, We don't do that. We don't do that. And we don't sit around and think, oh, I have to pee, but just a little bit. I mean, sometimes you do, you know, if you're in the middle of recording a podcast, <laughs> you weigh the pros and cons, but you know, it's like, it's just natural. It's just natural. And I, and Really, I know this is so sometimes we can get so far removed from it, and and in no way does eating look like breathing or peeing or pulling your hand away from a stove. But what if it truly, truly is? So you do what makes sense in a moment, or I, when I was doing this, getting back into this, I did what made sense in a moment. I heard my mind's narrative about it, no question. And I recognized it best I could as my mind's narrative. And I thought, okay, my mind's having a conversation. This is not something that's so difficult that it requires a conversation. It's a food choice. My my babies at that time, my, my one baby wasn't having a conversation about food choices. She was just eating what we put in front of her, throwing half of it on the floor, stopping when she was full. Looked super simple when I watched her do it. And I noted, wow, this little baby in the high chair sure isn't doing it like I'm doing it. So all this extra is extra, irrelevant, extraneous, not helpful, not necessary, and very pushy, <laughs> very dramatic, very convincing that it's absolutely necessary or dot, dot, dot. So someone in the school just a couple of weeks ago said, you know, we were having this kind of conversation and she said exactly, exactly what a mind says. She said, I want freedom and I can feel it and I know that that you know, I know how to eat. I know that it can be simple. I really want to find freedom from this, but I don't want to gain 40 pounds. And it was like one of those record scratching moments for so many of us on the call because it was so obvious. Wow. You want freedom, but you don't want to gain 40 pounds. Like for me, it's like, and, and trust me, I've said that many times in my past, but at this point, it's like, huh? It's like, wait a minute, you want freedom, but it's Thursday? Like these things have nothing to do with each other. And that's how that sounds. I want freedom, but I don't want to gain 40 pounds. It's To me, in my mind, and again, I saw this light bulb go off for many people listening. What do these two things have to do with each other? But in her mind, I mean, she, had, she was so emotional and serious and... and and so wanting to feel change when she said that, it was completely real. If I if I don't control what is already natural and working through me, I'm going to gain 40 pounds is the conclusion that her mind made up. It doesn't work that way. It never, ever, ever, ever works that way. We don't go back to what's natural and stop trying to push against the current and control things and suddenly overnight or or over weeks even gain 40 pounds it just doesn't work that way it works the other way but man our mind will convince us that there are a lot of bad things that are going to happen if we don't keep it in charge your mind is in there saying if you fire me here's exactly what'll happen and it and it is convincing and it is never good news. It's never, ever good stuff. So so again, another place where we just have to see, well, this is just how mine, this is what mind does. It doesn't mean anything, you know? It's And when I could point it out to her, I think she saw, wow, there's these two extremes my mind has made up. No, it doesn't mean she saw through it in a deep way right away, but there's no logic in that, you know? But... But we just have to kind of see, wow, this is, this is what a mind will tell us. It will fight for its ability to control things because it feels like that's the way it's doing it because it thinks it's what's best for you. But clearly, clearly, we learn naturally how to walk and talk and jump out of the way of traffic and go to the bathroom when we have to go to the bathroom and eat food and move on. It is there by nature. So, sorry, I'm getting away from my story. So, um, I saw this baby who didn't have a whole conversation or didn't appear to have a whole conversation about it. I saw my husband who uh, did not appear to have a whole conversation about every bite of food he put in his mouth. And I was open to and considered the fact that I wasn't broken. I wasn't convinced, (laughs) but I was... I was willing to be wrong about my brokenness, and I was open to, hey, maybe, and I had some amazing support at that time, confirming, hey, yeah, this is a good place to look. (laughs) Just maybe, your body still does know how to eat. And when I heard my mind directing the whole thing and having this whole conversation that my baby and my husband didn't appear to be having, I just, okay, well, that's the habit. You know, like that's the, that's the computer that's been leading this whole thing and having me in an eating disorder for eight years, but I'm going to see what it's like to not listen to that computer. And it was really, really hard sometimes. And other times it was really easy and everything in between. And when it was hard, what was hard was just the fear just that my mind would get really loud and do exactly what i said that woman's mind said say it would say you know oh and now this and now that now you're not listening to me anymore now here's what's going to happen and there's what's going to happen that's the only thing that made it hard is a lot of scary thoughts a lot of pictures and images and predictions about the future and meaning about what it all meant about me But the more I could see, wow, that's exactly what a mind does. Yes, they're not having that conversation. It's happening only in my own head and there's no way I'm special. My head's the only one that does it. And and therefore, there's no way it's true. If it's not happening all over the place and it's just unique to me, that can't be. It just didn't make sense. So I felt that. I felt the terror. I felt eating in a way that I would kind of mimic them. Not the baby so much. I wasn't in a high chair, throwing my food on the ground, eating with my hands. But I would kind of mimic my husband, I, you know. And it felt weird because it was like, okay, I'm pretending that my body knows how to do this. I wasn't convinced. My head wasn't convinced of it yet, and I wasn't really sure what to do. But I knew that that following some rigid mind led plan wasn't doing it. And I was I was willing to set that aside. So I I looked at a quote unquote normal person, which happened to be my husband, because he's the one I had most of my meals with. And I just kind of copied him. You know, I just ate what was prepared. I just showed up at a restaurant and picked something off the menu without researching it to death beforehand. I just, you know, ate and tried to notice when I was full and just stopped eating then. And and again, sometimes it was easy and a lot of times there was a ton of mental noise around it but little by little my mind started to see okay we're not doing this extreme thing anymore <laughs> you know my mind just woke up to the fact that okay i'm not running the show anymore she's she's got another plan something else is going on here and it just got a little more quiet or maybe i continued to get a little more onto it probably both and it and it you know it didn't fall mute instantly by any stretch but i just i just saw it more for what it is and i kept mimicking him and trying to eat how what just felt sort of right without having any formula for what that was and along the way i noticed how good it felt to just you know do what made sense how good it felt to not have to think about all this so much how how good it felt physically to just sort of do what made sense it wasn't perfect i ate when i wasn't hungry at times i do all the time now like you you know you don't know you don't know with your head like okay this is the last bite i need you take a few more bites sometimes if something's good big deal and you feel a little uncomfortable and then it goes away and then you feel kind of back at home like this is just life, who cares, you know? And, but I got, so I got more comfortable with all of that, with doing this middle way sort of thing. And, and then the middle way started to change. So I no longer had to look to my husband and kind of copy him and mimic him and eat what he ate within reason, you know, but like more and more freedom has sort of opened up around that along the way. And, and now I eat in a very different way than he eats. Uh but there's nothing planned or or I shouldn't say planned, but like there's nothing there's nothing decided about it. I j there's not there's not a lot of thought around it at all. It's it's just natural. <laughs> I think about it more than I think about walking and talking, but not that much more. You know, like, it's just like you open your mouth and words come out and you get up to walk across the room and your feet go one in front of the other. And I go eat lunch and breakfast and dinner and it's much more like that. But I want, I want you to hear and know that your mind doesn't just roll over, (laughs) you know, your mind's like, Hey, I thought, I thought we were doing this my way even though you've had all the evidence along the way that your mind is not the one to look toward, look to for this, it takes a minute. It takes a minute for that to kind of quiet down and for you to keep being onto it and seeing space around it. So you'll find your own way. You'll find your own way that makes sense. You know, almost every time I talk with someone who says, I don't know how to eat, I don't, I just like, I can't trust myself or I need someone else to tell me or whatever. And I, and I asked them and I, this doesn't come up a lot, but sometimes it does. And it did a couple of weeks ago on a call I was on. Um, what do you mean you don't know how to eat? Like, don't you just eat what you want and then that's it. And what always eventually kind of comes out, almost always, is that there's a, oh, there's, there's a lot of rules and there's a lot of extreme. So the woman I talked to a couple of weeks ago was like, Well, and I'm like, Well, say more. What do you mean? You don't know how to eat, or you just what's what's all the back and forth about? And she's like, Well, I'll eat really well, you know, for a few days, maybe a week. And and as she talks more, what eating really well is. Now that's a thought. Your body doesn't know what well means. Your body just knows, feed me when I'm hungry. I'll stop when I'm full. I will guide you toward things I want, your body would say. Your body doesn't know, like, well, what do you mean well? Well, according to who? Like, who's making the judgments here? That's all mind, little mind. So, so she says, well, I eat really well, which right away is a red flag for me. I'm like, okay, there's a bunch of thinking about what well is. And as we dig into it deeper, you know, she's eating, um, maybe not enough food who knows but what her mind says is the things that she should be eating and then a few days later or at the end of the week or whatever it's it's completely other extreme and you know i think this is obvious but i really i guess i guess we should just put it out there and look at it that's not going to work that's not the middle way now I'm not saying that you can't, again, like you, you can be at a point where maybe that healthier way where you eat mostly almost all healthy food and all of that, that, that might be a place you land. But if your mind is trying to get you to land there, your mind is always going to come back on the other side and rebel against that. So it's not about, it's not about the food. The food is irrelevant the food doesn't matter it's about the the rigid thinking it's about making it a rule so if your mind is saying here's what you should eat and even if it's saying it in kind of a nice casual way like oh let's try this for a little while <laughs> let's not have those things for a while expect some backlash and and it's fine like it doesn't mean you have to get all caught up in the backlash it doesn't mean don't try to you know eat in a healthy way and it also doesn't mean you know sit through the backlash and dismiss it and do all the stuff that our mind makes up about that either. I'm just telling you how it works. As soon as we put restrictions around something, our mind tends to come in on the other side and really want what we just restricted. So it was really clear when I talked to this woman in particular, like, yeah, there's no middle there. I can see what's happening. And maybe it's far less extreme for her than it used to be. For many people, it is. We, we go from being bulimic, let's say, to, to still just having a rigid idea of how you should eat. And, and so now your extremes, your swings are far less extreme, but it still is hard it's still your mind trying to run the show, putting way more effort into something that it was never meant to even think much about. The middle way never, ever, ever feels satisfactory to a mind because a mind wants clear and black and white and um, um, not in real time. The middle way is a responsive to life in real time, moderate sort of thing. Your mind hates that hates everything about it. It hates moderate and I do too. I shouldn't say that word, but I don't I just don't want you to think I'm saying like, oh, be moderate as because that's a concept too with a bunch of stuff around it. But you know, your mind wants perfect or other end of the spectrum. <laughs> perfect or forget it. We'll start Monday. That's what your mind wants. It wants an extreme and it wants a plan. It wants to see how it's going to go in real time. Is like your mind can't even compute in real time. Your mind's language is that of time, of before and later and tomorrow and what's, how's it going to go here. So feeling your way forward, having one meal, one snack, and then letting that all fall away and then just stepping into the next moment with nothing there, nothing ahead of you, nothing behind you, just there waiting for the next moment of inspiration to move you forward is so easy that it's difficult it's so simple it's so innate it's it is it's it's just how we're lived and only a mind will have a problem with that okay so let's summarize this it's incredibly simple you just like everyone else were designed with the ability to not have to think your way through food decisions. If you if you feel like you've reached a point where you can't trust yourself, you no longer know how to eat, your body doesn't give you give you hunger signals anymore. That only is showing you that your head has been in charge, and only your head would say all of these things and point all of these things out, right? So it's just that We've kind of overridden with our mind what is naturally there and working perfectly. It's no different than having like a computer that works perfectly, but if you load it up with a 100,000 programs and apps, it's gonna slow down. That's what happens to our bodies. We load it up with all these rules and expectations and plans and diets and all of this, and it just bogs the whole system down, but the system's still working. It's still chugging along, and when those programs get deleted or you you get rid of them, it frees up some space and everything kind of just works perfectly again. So it only looks like we don't know how to eat when we've handed it over to our mind. And when we've handed it over to our mind and it looks like we don't know how to eat, it's just a perfect opportunity to say, hey, what if I'm wrong? What if life is loving me? And then when you step into that space, maybe for the first time in a long time where you're willing to listen and just do what makes sense and not think your way through everything, it's still gonna feel like you're thinking your way through a little bit, but that's okay. You just do the best you can. You just eat what makes sense It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to look just like your husband's plate or like anyone else's plate. You just do what makes sense. And your mind gets the memo. Your mind starts saying, oh, okay, I'm not needed to run this anymore. And you will not gain 40 pounds instantly. And you will not binge eat. That's another thing that people think that someone just brought up in the school recently. Like, oh, well, when I'm just relaxed and I'm in the moment, I end up mindlessly eating. No, you don't, because if you're mindlessly eating, you are not relaxed and in the moment. So super, super simple. When life is just living us, it's just living us. There's no problem. It's easy. And every time it looks hard or complicated or gets out of whack, our mind has tried to run the show. And we just see that. And then we just let life live us anyway. And we just make choices that are not perfect and are not comfortable all the time, but they become more and more natural and more and more comfortable in time. And you come out the other side saying, wow, I really did have this all along. I just really, really understandably thought that I didn't. I recently recorded an audio course about breaking bad habits for Himalaya learning. Himalaya learning is an audio learning platform that provides a huge library of courses straight to your ears from the world's greatest minds like Malcolm Gladwell, Tim Ferriss, Seth Godin, Linda Hill, and now me. So in my course, Breaking Bad Habits, you'll hear about how habits are formed, sustained, and how they change, why willpower doesn't lead to lasting change, the connection between our brain and our habits, the role of insight in habit change, what resilience has to do with being habit-free, and a lot more, including a ton of stories and case studies. Breaking Bad Habits is available now exclusively on Himalaya Learning. To listen to my course and others like it, Go to Himalaya.com slash break and enter the promo code break at the checkout to get your first 14 days for free.